Hi, welcome to the FBC's So That podcast. We're here with our friends John and Catherine, mission partners here, and we are going to hear part two of their story and where the Lord is sending them next. Stay tuned. This is Pastor Chad on FBC's So That podcast. This is an encouraging place to hear how God is working in and around us. We know that he blesses his people so that they can bless the world around them. Join us as we discuss how to join God in all that he is doing. Why is God working in our life, our church, and our community? It's so that. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Chad with FBC's So That Podcast. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. There's probably a lot of things you could be doing, but we are here uh, doing part two of an earlier podcast. We were talking with our friends, John and Catherine. Uh, I have Sadie here, of course, with me. How are you, Sadie? I'm great. I was just thinking as you said that about there's many other things you could be doing, and lots of times I am doing other things while listening to a podcast, and that's the beauty of it. So If, you've got a, if you're riding in a car, exactly. you've got your earbuds in, you can do lots of I'm things. I'm doing and dishes. Listen. I'm even podcast. vacuuming, blowing up balloons sometimes with my podcast, you know, the noise canceling, which is just <laughs> so great that you can, you know, do both and you can be spurred on in your faith by listening to a podcast. And when they're like, you, and you have little ones, like you can just block yeah. them out for well, a little while. That's it's true. Okay. I wasn't going to say okay. that on the air, but okay, <laughs> you're right. Cool. No, it's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, John and Captain, we're so glad that you guys are with us today. Uh, thank you for, for joining us. And uh, just to recap, we talked in the, the first part about just all the ways that that God worked to both bring you guys together and bring you to faith. It's so cool mm-hmm. that you both have so kind of a legacy of faith and your your family history and all. Yeah. And then uh, God just really moved in a powerful way, and you guys were able to think through what it's going to take to really move from, like you had mentioned, the American dream, this idea that that you need a certain amount of things to be happy and healthy, to making some big decisions that ended with you guys transitioning your entire life uh, overseas to to Africa. So, yeah. man, thank you guys for being here. Um, everything going okay for you? Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just start with a question like this one. Um, the transition from moving from an all, uh, again, a job that provided for most, if not all of your income, uh, to having to raise a support base, support team, uh, how long did the process take from when you guys felt clearly that you were going to pursue making this change mm-hmm. to you guys actually going to the field? What 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 kind of time frame did it take? I think it was maybe a year and a half, two years altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people I think think that the Lord says go, and then you're like you up and go, you know. Yeah. But it, it yeah. really is a process. It takes a lot to make that kind of adjustment and yeah. change. Yeah, and. It was probably a year of sorting things out and then probably another year of raising support. Wow. And so, yeah, two combined. Well, I think the support raising thing is also terrifying to a lot of people when they think about it because they have mm-hmm. this idea that that maybe you're going around begging for money and and mm-hmm. and it's uh but tell me about your experience what is it like again you're professional so you you guys are young as well um you're, you're you didn't grow up being you know perfectly trained to to be missionary deputizers, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to, mm-hmm. so, so what did it look like for you guys to start this journey of fundraising and, and how has it, how has it been for you? Yeah. I mean, you share of how most people are petrified of it. I have nightmares of a child doing fundraisers for various activities. And <laughs> that's what was in my mind. John's John's like, I am your example. He's not doing okay. the bake sale. Yeah. 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 But what we found overall 
it's much, much more about relationships with people. Yes, yeah. Rarely did we talk much about numbers and finances. It's so much more about connecting with people, mm-hmm. connecting with and sharing what God is doing and inviting us into and inviting people to be part of that. I think, I can't remember how many conversations we would have with people and maybe money would come up at the end and ask, what, what do you need? And we'd, we'd have talks. We had our charts prepared. I had every table. Yeah. You know, I could explain the numbers. Yeah, yeah we got this down. Mm-hmm. And because it, because there are real numbers and, and mm-hmm. people know. And so, and we were, we were glad when people wanted to know real numbers and to mm-hmm. ask and talk, uh, and talk real things. So, but still so many of these conversations would go something to the effect of, you know, we decided before you even came here, we were going to support you. We mm-hmm. just wanted to have a visit. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. But That's I, neat. yeah. So it was a, um, it was a, you know, before you even are overseas and on the ground in a different continent, you are, you are um, starting that that faith walk with him and mm-hmm. asking God to provide in this season, and 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 trusting him in different in different ways, uh, practically, mm-hmm. um, and so we. We had a lot of conversation. We had a lot of conversations with people, and I think that we we really felt called to pe- talk to people um, specifically, and not necessarily just go and talk at um, a large gathering. Mm-hmm. And and we also made the decision not to. We we were not going to so many different churches. We wanted our church to to send us and our church body to send us and mm-hmm. to really own us as a couple and a family and own the ministry that we felt like God was asking us to do and inviting mm-hmm. them to be a part of that. And so it was important to us. We, we want to know our supporters. We did not want it to just be uh, someone's name on a check that from some church that we randomly talked to. We, we wanted to do it a little bit differently. We want a relationship and we want a connection. We want our supporters to feel deeply connected to the ministry that Mm -hmm. we do and, and to the story that uh, what God is doing. It's not what we're doing. It's what God is doing and to be invited. And so, and, and so when people pray for us, I mean, they pray for us and they know us mm-hmm. yeah. and we have a relationship with them. And so, and they with us. And I think that, um, God has really blessed, um, our support. And I think that we, we feel deeply connected, especially to our church. So we're supported by two churches. We're supported by FBC. And then we're supported by one church in Michigan is a church where John grew up and they dearly love him and are proud of him and uh, love to see what he's doing with his life, you know? So, um, and so, so those are our two churches and um, we feel deeply called that, that we are sent by FBC. And so when we, when we come home, we, this is where we're at. This is where we do life. We do life with the people who support us. Mm, that's so neat. How and do you, oh, I was just going to say with the supporters, how do you keep everybody updated? Is it, you know, via email or there, what, what are the ways that you keep up, keep everybody updated? Yeah, it's been mostly email mm-hmm. the past few years. We actually just changed how we're doing that with our move to North Africa. Okay. Um, so now it's through a website called Epistle, and our supporters can sign into that, and then they get regular updates. Oh, cool. In Chad's case, every day, whenever we post it. Awesome. Yeah. Set yeah. notifications. Yes. So, so just great. for anyone listening, if you are interested in getting more, feel free to reach out to the church office, and we can get you guys connected yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so you can learn more about uh, what's going on 
with these guys as often as you like. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really fun thing. I've I've done a lot of training, fundraising training, uh, both as a recipient and as a trainer, and it's been a really interesting thing to watch uh, people's fear, mm-hmm. um, failure, uh, and success, kind of mm-hmm. all through the various pieces of it. And um, and and it really is amazing how much when you do it well and mm-hmm. you're connected to the people who are supporting you, uh, how much not only do you feel like they're supporting and and contributing to what God is doing. So you're an extension of their ministry, but they feel the same way. They feel that yeah. they're able to do something God's called them to do through you. Mm-hmm. So there's almost a vicarious uh, element that they can see that not only are they supporting some friends, but they are getting to participate in what God's doing uh, yeah. wherever it is that you're serving and, and going. The, the best case is that you have families that you look back at and you see these 5, 10, 20 families that are supporting you and you go, mm. these are the people mm. that God has used to make make this possible yeah. and uh and it really is an empowering thing because if you're in my seat like i'm a part of a large church and there's you know and i receive a paycheck from the church and so there's definitely by extension but it's not nearly as personal mm-hmm. and uh and if you're in maybe the seat you were in before when you're an edu- you're an engineer for a firm your connection to the, the clients who are paying the company who are paying you is next to none right mm-hmm. and uh right. you might have a few interactions for a project season and then that project ends and your interactions end uh, this is like you're building a family that is long term connected and it's it's heart connected cuz you're including treasure where people's treasures are their oh, hearts exactly. are and, and so you just represent a heartbeat yeah. so well. And wow. so you guys have done that really well. I've been so blessed in the eight months we've been friends to ask, what are your needs? And you keep saying to me, well, actually, the Lord's provided them very yeah. well. We, we don't have a lot of additional need. We're well provisioned for the moment, you know. Yes. And so wow. praise God for that. There are many other missionaries I know who struggle just to get by from one month to the next. And it's always a constant always a source of stress and fear in the hearts of some of those missionaries. And, and so what a blessing for you and and for your family. So you have the support base. Mm -hmm. Uh, You feel like God provided for you and you made the step. You bought some plane tickets, you sold your home, you uh, got on a plane with your family and your three kids, all three were born before you left. How little, how, what were their ages when you yeah, flew to Africa. They were five, three, and one and a half. Okay, five, three, one and a half. You landed in Nairobi. And midnight, you, midnight in Nairobi. Midnight in Nairobi. Wow. Um, and then you guys settled in a little town in the north uh, of Kenya. It's a desert town, right? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Um, and just give us a little overview of what your two years, I think you were there for almost two, two years. Two and a half. Okay, so tell, tell us about your two years and uh, as much as you feel like you're sure. free to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we were able to plug in right away with a local church that was existing in this town. It's uh, with the Rindili people in northern Kenya in a town called Kor, in the, right next to the Chelbi Desert, which is a huge sand flat. The whole area is quite arid. Uh, they get rain maybe twice a year on a good year mm-hmm. in April and then in November, but not every year does it rain. <laughs> wow. And wow. traditionally... They exist on herding, sheeps, camels, goats. I mean, you read Genesis and Exodus, so much just to us came to life. We were living in that world. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to the point, like, uh, that special days when you would uh, water goats, special days mm-hmm. when you water camels. Camels can go 10 days without water, and goats can go 
um, about three. Wow. And and they and all the shepherds, there can be a lot of arguing over these wells. And and most of them, when we first got there, the, the hand-dug wells still had water in them from the previous rain two years ago. As we left, they didn't have any water, but um, mm. that's another story. But anyways. If you're a seeing, listener today, we're going to quiz you when we yeah. see you about how long a camel can go yeah. without <laughs> water. Yeah. <laughs> you learned it here. The Rendilly camel. <laughs> Rendilly you know, camel. I don't know. Ten days. Yeah. Ten days. All right. But, um, but yeah, just seeing them all line up. So there's no arguments over water. I mean, it just really, it was like the book of Genesis. And a watering camels is no small feat of trying to get a bucket with a rope down to 30 foot well. When I think of like uh, watering the camels, like the women watering camels, um, like Rebecca, like for Isaac's servant. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's that was hard work. She offered up something great. I mean, like a sacrifice (laughs) to water his herd. Yeah, so uh, so we were able to plug into a church. Um, this uh, this church has uh, had been there for about thirty years, or a little less than thirty years. Um, we were kind of this church was c- still considered unreached when we this people group when we landed. Um, when uh, but not long after they were declared RICC, which means a uh, reproducing, reproducing indigenous Christ centered church, and that that, that just kind of means reached in our um, in our organization and kind of the uh, statistics and information they pull together. So just for our listeners real quick, an unreached designation means less than 2% of the right. population right. Uh, is evangelical. And that means that they don't have the resources to multiply and grow within their own culture right. and, and people mm-hmm. group. So when it exceeds beyond that 2%, the church is identified as a has the capacity for multiplication that it's showing that it is able to grow within the larger culture and have the ability to to pursue uh, even further so uh, a least reach would be less than four percent and over five percent would be considered reach so uh, these guys were moving from an unreached place into a, a progression that yeah. they are able to grow within their own culture yeah. so that's that's right. just for those of you who don't know yep. the designators that's what that's what they're talking about mm. and so you guys got to see that happen yeah Yes. Yes. While we were there, I mean, so you're looking for those touchstones, trying to see, you know, how how healthy of a church this is. And while we were there, it multiplied um, several times and into some of these surrounding people groups that are around them, that are neighboring, that are relative. They relate to each other, but they're they're distinct people groups. And um, one was called the Ariel. And. So we saw that. So we saw a lot of touch points. This is a really healthy, growing church. Not perfect. No yeah, church is no. perfect. But um, <laughs> if there's people, it's not perfect. It, <laughs> exactly. In fact, typically is very messy. Yes. <laughs> um, so so John and I, we we jumped in, but we did not jump into to leadership or any kind of leadership position. And we they would have gladly had us lead, but um, with our training and and uh, our organization, the things they kind of wanted us to. What they want us to do and step into uh, to be very careful uh, not to take over any leadership positions. So we did a lot of advising. We did a lot of discipleship. We did a lot of mentoring. Um, and then John did a lot of uh, building projects. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. Obviously, there's many needs. It's an area with severe poverty and many water problems. So mm-hmm. I often helped out with well issues, things that break down. I'm a mechanical engineer that, I mean, I can fix most things. I usually have to look at YouTube and figure it out, but I can't. <laughs> God's gifted me and made equipment. So helped with that. Uh, later in our time, helped a lot with small churches, these church plants, like help the youth, the young boys and men, high school, college age, a lot of them kind of idle without work, mm-hmm. much to do. Anyways, help work with them to like maybe make the soccer field or football pitch, as they call it. So I would do the welding, work with this group of guys, set up this field, and then 
they use it to organize activities with their church plant. Or I would get to go out outreaches with them. One time we got to take Tommy, our eight-year-old, along. We camped out for a couple nights. I did devotions in the morning. All the uh, young men and stuff of the church would go out and lead worship. And on Sunday, here's worship in this brand-new church that we're setting up. Some wonderful ways to plug in. Yeah. Yeah, so listeners, you should be thinking about, like, dry Africa, savanna, like you've got beautiful sunsets, probably random animals that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that you don't oh, get yeah. to see every day in America and, uh, doing that with these, po- these folks in these rural communities and mm-hmm. thatch huts or dirt huts, depending on the, which ones yeah. you were in. And, yeah. uh, all of the, all of the things you think about when you think about Africa is, yeah. it's got to be that two and a half year experience. So yeah. what an incredible thing. Yeah. Uh, so moving forward, you guys spent two and a half years. You you guys got to invest yourselves. Uh, I I love this. There's so many little elements. I, I, I do hope in the future maybe we'll do a longer kind of exploration of some of these things because there's little pieces here that are important. It'd be great to like, it'd be, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to just pastor the church? Like right. it would be like the yeah. temptation as the leader, as the American, as the one who's been trained is to say, you're here now lead us. And, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. I really need you to lead you. And I just want to help along the way. Right. And that can be so frustrating for them. It can be frustrating for you because you're going to see the hundred ways that they need to grow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and especially as an engineer, you probably going to like, he needs this and this and this and this and this and this and and it's impossible for them to grow as fast as you need them to grow. All of those things kind of wear in that. And yet the discipline it takes to say, listen, the Lord is the one leading you. I'm just here to facilitate and help in the season that I'm here. So you guys see all of that. Uh, again, we're not going to unpack it right now. I wish sure. we could. Um, so you guys come back. Uh, you're back to the U.S. Uh, you went. You were there during covid uh, yep. So what an yeah. interesting wild ride that yeah. must have been. Mm. In fact, you landed right around then. If you came back, if you were there for two and a half years, like 2020 is kind of when you guys were getting established there. So wow. I bet that was an interesting wrinkle mm. in the whole thing is the world goes into a wild yeah. pandemic and you're living in a foreign country. And it was. Did you wonder if you would ever <clears throat> come home? Um, uh, many families did. Um, I think uh, up in northern Kenya, our life was so different than our lives in America. And I mean, I was already making homemade bread because I had to, and and it wasn't just because there was a pandemic. It was just the <laughs> way that it was. Yeah. So there was a lot of newness that we were walking into, and we expected it. I think there's a lot of newness and inconveniences that Americans walked in, but they were not expecting it. I mean, it was just a whole, it was life's world turned upside down. Mm-hmm. We knew world was turning upside the down. The world was already we upside down. Yeah. Deciding to live off the grid and on. Yeah. So, and if you're living yeah. in a really small community, yeah, wearing masks or not being around each other really is just the same as normal. You just don't have yeah. people living on top of you. It's just the way it you is. Know, yeah. yeah. So, and, and trying to tell a people group like the Rindali to wear masks, that was something <laughs> I, I will say that was one of the funniest one time in women's Bible study, the chief came up to us and, uh, and, and told us to start wearing masks or he would, um, I guess I'm not sure what he was going to do to us. And, and we were like, okay. Um, but he wasn't wearing a mask and we were all just <laughs> like, okay, sure. You know, so interesting. Yeah. It was interesting times. You kind of wouldn't know that the COVID was happening. except yeah. if you tried to travel and there were road checks. Sure. I bet. Yeah. Getting in and out of yeah. the country would have been a challenge. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't even go to the Capitol. Yeah. We were actually ordering our food for a while. There were oh some adventures goodness. there, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. well, you guys came back home, uh, yeah. and, your, tell us about what you were thinking. You're going to come home and, and your time frame and, 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 uh, 
And what, what was your plan? Mm. Yeah, our plan was a six-month visit here in the States, reconnect with family, church, get some rest, and then to return to Kenya. And we were going to do a slight move to a nearby town where we were going to help out at a small grassroots uh, Bible training center to train those evangelists for the Rindili and then the surrounding groups of people. And a number of things uh, kind of transpired during that season. There was a lot of unrest in the area, difficulties getting our housing. At the same time, we saw God moving up men to do that very training that I w- we were going there for me to do and mm. for us to do. Mm. And like these were pipe dreams that we were praying for to happen years down the road. Mm-hmm. These wow. local pastors doing that training. Mm. And here it's happening and wow. we're home on home assignment. Mm. And I mean, we were all in. Like we had ordered, I have a whole box of 500 prayer cards that say, you know, that are lovely and beautiful and say that we're going to Marsabit, uh, Kenya. And um, and they're sitting there right now. And we, we kind of just did an about face and said, Lord, like you're raising up the leaders and we can't find a safe place to live. And, um, and you know, what are you doing here? And, um, you know, we just, we sensed from God that, um, that he was releasing us, that he was saying, you know, I have more, I have more that I want you to do and focus on. And not that the work was done, but that he was raising up his, his leaders there to, to carry on and to, to continue, continue doing the ministry. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I wandered in right about you that did. time <laughs> and we had a couple conversations and, uh, and I, I was both encouraged and blessed by your hearts as you're thinking through both commitments that you've made and mm-hmm. plans that you're actively engaged in pursuing and then saying, hold on, let's, uh, let's rethink this. Like, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's see what the Lord's saying. And so yeah. it took you some time, more time than you meant to be here for sure. Yeah. So, yep. so all yeah. together, how much time have you spent back when you plan to only be here for six months? Yeah. A little over a year now. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It could be 14 months. Yeah. All right. All right. So back. it's, yeah. it's been a little yep. season of yeah. waiting longer yes. than waiting for a baby. Yes. You're, 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 you're a baby <laughs> yeah. and a half. It's a big you know? baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, so here you are, you're getting ready, you're a few mm-hmm. weeks out from getting on a plane again. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us what God has done in this last eight months as yeah. you both mm-hmm. um, well, refocused and then started planning for a new season. Mm-hmm. I really felt like when you came in, Chad, and you were talking with us and helping us just process things that were happening um, in Kenya and kind of our how our role was changing, that... Um, you know, we, we feel accountable to the church. We feel accountable uh, to church members who support us that we're going to say and do what we say we're going to do. And I think that we um, we felt very supported by you and by the church and leaders and from the um, uh, Sandra, Sandra yeah, and others just praying for us and um, because we want to be faithful. We want to be found faithful, and we want to— um, uh, we want to be people who follow through, who say we're going to do what you know we've told you. And um, but we also felt like God was asking us to shift um, our sights uh, in to North Africa. And North Africa had long been on our hearts. Um, North Africa is um, very, very unreached. And I think we've had some questions: Why wouldn't you just go somewhere different in Kenya? Um, since that's where all your stuff is, that's where your truck is, like. <laughs> To really leave Kenya meant to really go back and sell everything. It was a huge move, and I think um, if you if you look at Kenya, I think statistically it, it's a very rich country. The the kind of the north and there's some some pockets with some Somalis that um, that are still considered unreached. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just felt that um, we knew people who were working there, what they were doing, were excited for what they're doing. But we we felt like with our children, the age that they were. 
um, they could do another transition, that they would they would do well in another transition, and that God could lead us to a country and to a place where we could be rooted and where we could do ministering long term in a very unreached area. And that's mm. that's kind of what we were wanting. Yeah, and I think I should clarify our feelings about Kenya there. That work is not done. Yeah. Like the Rindeli, it's a least reached people group, right? The church still needs some outside help, but it looks different than it has been. Yeah. And this is worthy of many conversations. But for us, we felt clearly God's leading that that wasn't what he had for us mm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was ready for us to go to a new place. And he had put um, Muslims on our heart years before that, the Arab world. So mm. it became clear to us, all right, Lord, we're looking north. Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, again, two worlds, mm. a, a worldly vision, yeah. and it sounds crazy, right? Like, uh, especially if you've ever been to Nairobi or you've been to Kenya and you've seen the game parks and you've seen the videos and the, like, uh, to think about a shift from that to uh, to the literal face of the other world if you if you watch star mm-hmm. wars you know like mm-hmm. uh you're talking about desert spaces <laughs> that I think literally it's yeah. yeah. so funny <laughs> and it's uh it's amazing just the the again really any anywhere near the sahara is going to have yeah. those kind of scapes but yeah. you know um you add in the religious differences between yeah. mm-hmm. uh, even a, a Kenyan Bush family versus mm-hmm. you know tribalism that kind of stuff to then uh, mm-hmm. a, a long term thousand plus years Muslim um, yeah. community mm-hmm. and oh my gosh like you're right the unreached uh, potential is substantial mm-hmm. but the difference in scope and vision of what you're looking at too is substantial. So, so just explain to me what you felt like the Lord was doing. Like what, what was God saying to you in all this transition? I mean, there are missionaries that are pursuing places like Fiji, right? Um, And not to say that Fijians don't need Jesus. They do, but you know, you've got these, these, these places that are spectacular, amazing things so what what is it that's captured your heart it's not wanderlust you don't Mm -mm. go to north africa because you're excited to see um you know the beaches right Right. um you go there specifically because you're called so so what is that calling what does it look like and feel like to you guys yeah a lot of this goes back to the fundamentals i think of our joy in christ and knowing we, our, our, our assurance in him, our confidence in him that we have every day and the joy to wake up and know that no matter what we face, he's our God. He will save us. He will provide. He will even be faithful to grow, transform us into his likeness in this life mm-hmm. and to know that there are so many who live in darkness yeah. and fear and just don't know and are only told to obey, to pray at the right times, mm-hmm. to dress in the right way, yeah. and then hope. But there's not even hope. Yeah. And you know there's so many people living in that. Yeah. That mm. moves our hearts. I, I have a picture that I think of. Um, and when we went and visited North Africa, um, there are lots of, it's a horse culture. There's a lot of horses. Mm. And the horses are the ones that are tied to the trees near the dumps. The horses are tried, tied in the dumps, whereas sub-Saharan Africa, it's the it's the donkeys and the cows that you see in the dump. So there's 
So that's just a little difference from sub-Saharan to North Africa. But you see these beautiful horses who are tied to these trees in the stinky dump where everybody dumps their trash. And I just see that as a picture of the people, the people who live in darkness and are and are in bondage to their mm-hmm. sin and have no hope to see the light. And um, and and that that rarely will ever meet a Christian and someone who they can actually talk to about, you know, they see Jesus. They do see them in their dreams. And if they yeah. do, they want someone to talk to them about. They're and curious. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, that that picture of the horse tied to the tree in the dump is something that I hold close to me. When, and I think about, um, I want I want to be the message bearer. I feel that I'm the message bearer sent to to share the the gospel, to to share the light that will bring them out of the darkness, mm-hmm. um, and that will show them another way, another story to believe. And um, I think the the going from Kenya to thinking about North Africa was especially difficult for me personally because I think that um, we had invested so much time and energy into language and culture, mm-hmm. and I. But I know we serve a faithful God, and I know that He's going to use us. Everything that he taught us, everything that we learned, he's going to use that where we are in North Africa. And we we have a lot of experience in, in um, relational uh, evangelism. And that's what we've been told by different believers, um, Saudi believers, is that you, you must show love. And mm-hmm. I want, that's what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we are <clears throat> almost out of time here in part two, and uh, I, I promise for you listeners that we will revisit uh, this family again in the mm-hmm. future, give them some months to get settled in, and maybe we'll yeah. connect on uh, yeah. Bluetooth and, and interview them on how their their uh, progress is going. But as we end, I'm thinking through uh, verses out of Hebrews 11, where it's talking specifically about Abraham and so many of the kind of ancient fathers of our faith, um, these heroes of faith in that chapter. And there's a description that it talks about where Abraham, where he was looking forward to the city, the foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And and I love this picture. Like you guys are looking forward to something that you haven't seen yet. Like you're looking forward to fruitful relationships with mm. with Muslim background believers. Believers. Mm-hmm. One day mm-hmm. you're going to be sitting down with believers who were not believers today. And uh, you're looking forward to that foundation. You're, you're praying for it. You're hoping for it. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, there's this verse in verse 13 that all, that that's about all these people that came before us, that they were still living by faith when they died. It says they did not receive the things that they promised. They only welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just... I just have this like just overwhelming passion. Like as we pray for as a church, we pray for you. We pray for these new believers that that you guys would indeed see that moment, that you'd see the foundations laid, and that God would do something amazing among those people. Mm. There are rumors. Mm. There are rumors that God is yeah. doing some unique and special things in yeah. these exact spaces on the earth, that there are Muslims turning to faith by the thousands, that they're having visions of yeah. Jesus, that they're, that they're responding to the people of the book. And you hear all these yeah. stories about the good shepherd who is appearing to them in dreams and, and just the way that God is working, and you guys are placing yourself 
yourself right in the middle of it. And in the middle of that mm-hmm. is this incredible moment in world history where we are coming to the end of 2,000 years of Christian history. We are coming in 2033. We're not too far oh, off of right. that. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're coming to the end of, of, of what some people would call the uh, you know, earth, the church age, uh, at least yeah. as they predicted, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And we're seeing the world changing in front of our eyes day by day. And, uh, and the Lord is moving. There are more believers today in the world than all of history combined. Like God is working, yeah. and you guys are positioning yourselves to be right in the middle of maybe some of the most amazing things that the world has mm. ever seen. And mm. I, um, I am so thankful that we get to be a part. Mm. And so mm. I, I hope that our church, as they both are encouraged by your story, we're going to tell it here in a few weeks uh, to the church itself, but as they listen to a podcast like this one and, and any other way that we can pursue that in the future, um, we are so thankful. So I just want you to know how proud we are, mm. uh, how mm. proud we are to get to be a part and to see what you do as an extension of our ministry here. Mm. Um, not all of us can go to the places where you're going. In fact, if we did, it would probably be a problem. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) the fact that you guys are able to go and take your beautiful little kids with you, and we pray that they would also be Mm. barrier breakers, you know, Mm. kids open up people's hearts in whole different ways. And so we pray that as you learn a new language, as you establish yourself in a new city, in a new country, uh, that God will be with you. So before we close, why don't we do that? Let me pray pray for you. And and in fact, I'm going to ask Sadie, why don't you pray for these guys, and then we'll finish up. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with our friends, John and Catherine, Father, and hear about the work that you have already done in their lives and in their family. Father, that you began writing this story long ago and that you're continuing to weave their lives together and uh, their children's future, Father, um, all together for the good. Lord, I'm just reminded of just a house that you're building, Father, on such a Mm -hmm. firm foundation um, through them and in them, Father, for the good of others, for the furthering of your kingdom. And we just ask for that as they are sent again, Lord. We, um, even as John was speaking and, and me having the thought of them not knowing who they're going to encounter or what they're going to be doing day to day, Father, just the, I pray that you would be with them um, every step as they rely on you for um, just their daily bread in so many ways, Father, just for their the work that they're doing, Father, the provision. Um, and I thank you so much that they are a beautiful picture of being open-handed, Father, with the resources and the things um, of this world. Father, we thank you so much that you have shifted their perspective and you have given them such a beautiful picture of what it looks like to further your kingdom and that you've called them a step further and um, they have said yes. So I pray that we would be faithful to pray and support them from here, Father, um, and that you would just bless them and keep them, Father, as they go. In your holy name we pray. Amen. For those of you listening, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful that you spend some time uh, on your headphones or in your car uh, listening to this fun conversation and story. Uh, Keep praying for our church. Keep praying for all that God is doing in our world and pray for this family that is moving to North Africa. So thank you again for all that you're doing. Remember why we're here. We're here because the Lord has blessed us and it's not just so that we can enjoy it. It's so that we can be a blessing to others. So have a wonderful day and God bless you. We are so thankful that you joined our podcast today. We would love to hear any feedback you may have for us. Remember, Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. 
Don't forget why the Lord blesses us. It's so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Until next time, God bless.